take a girl and a guy and they fall madly in love and form a family. Sprinkle in some counseling degrees and a doctorate, a dream of transforming relationships as we know it. And 20 years later, we give you power couple Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. And this is their podcast, Couples Synergy. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Couples Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean. Hi, I'm Dr. Ray. And I'm Jean. And this is our podcast about love, marriage, and relationships. Check us out online at couplesynergy.com or on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, and LinkedIn at Couple Synergy. And please subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, or send us any suggestions on topics you'd like to hear more about. And now on to Couple Synergy, an in-depth look at love, marriage, and relationships, where we bring you our experience helping thousands of couples transform their relationships for over 25 years. You know, everyone says you should work on your relationship, but nobody teaches us how. So we've created this podcast to teach people what they can do to create the relationship they've always dreamed of with the partner they fell in love with. On today's episode, we're talking about something that's pretty, pretty serious, right? It's kind of uh, uh, something that we have been seeing kind of a trend that's been happening um, just over the over the some years, a couple of years, right? I, I would say clinic. this is archetypally um, always been there. And and many fairy tales are written about this. A lot of stereotypical. Right. Right. So I think the dynamic has always been a difficult one. And there are some things contributing now to, to what is happening that because of the times that we're in. And so I think we're seeing an intensity that has never been there before. So what we're talking about today is you have a better way of saying it. So you, you present what we're talking about. Well, now that we're cameras up and running. So, you know, what we're talking about today is, um, I know the title was silent sons, the shocking truth beyond marital manipulation, but you know, ultimately what we're talking about is a dynamic shift, a role redefinition that occurs when a son gets married, right? And we're, we're talking about specifically the relationship that he creates with his mother and societal pressures on the male that had contribute to this this really disjointed shift that occurs once he gets married, transferring a lot of the control that he had given to his mother, now transferring that control onto the wife, albeit all during this time being very passive in the way he moves around life, the way he you know, creates his own relationships, and the way he shows up in his relationships. So you're talking about passive males who have an enmeshment with their mothers. Correct. Right. Is is probably the most difficult situation or dynamic for the whole concept. Yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. And there are so many factors that yep. go into this. Okay. Well, we know about uh, the research on single parent homes right, is that single uh, children that come from single parent families, they fare much worse than kids that come from two parent household, right? There's a lot of dynamics that occur. There's a lot of um, 
you know, imbalances that occur, uh, the, the relationship that they develop with their parent, uh, that single parent is a very different kind of relationship that exists in a two parent home. And so it, it impacts their lives, you know, from their childhood forward. And, you know, guys like that tend to pick really dominating women to transfer that dynamic into their relationship as parent-child, which, of course, we know all relationship uh, templates are parent-child. And that is what we're talking about, that shift. How do you shift into this adult-adult relationship? Mm -hmm. And how do the the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law tend to that? Right. And, you know, what we, well, first of all, I should talk about what occurs naturally in a intact nuclear family. Um, there are concepts called triangulation and, you know, stable, um, <laughs> I totally, totally blanked out of the word, but the triangulation is, is a, a term that most people really understand and that is when like two members of a family gang up on a third. So this could be like the mother and son ganging up on the dad, or this could be, um, you know, the dad and daughter ganging up on the mom. And when we're talking about triangulation within a nuclear family, it is something that can shift. It can change, right? The two people that are teaming up don't necessarily have to be static. They can actually, you know, change. And next week it would be a, a different um, you know, different team versus, you know, one other person in the family. Now that's within a nuclear family, an intact family where, you know, the boundaries are, are kind of diffuse and the roles aren't really static. And there's, you know, maybe, a, a, a you know, power struggles that are occurring. Now you, you take that and you apply that to a single parent home. And now the, you know, we'll say in the, in the case of a son who has a single mom now gets married and now he has to create a family and create a bond with his now new wife. That is, you could see how that is really going to cause a huge shift just right, right from there. You know, I was asking about this earlier too, if, if it's the same dynamic being a son-in-law, Yes, and and I think the dynamics are different, right? And I'm just saying this as an opinion, uh, just based on you know seeing clients for many many years. Um, I think that the relationship that a son makes with his mother-in-law is a very different kind of relationship than a daughter-in-law makes with their with her mother-in-law. Yeah, I think because women are more emotional and they're more uh, heart centered and are more likely to bond like the mother bond. Um, it complicates things. Mm -hmm. And I think what's happening in our current times are women are becoming so much more financially independent and career driven prior to marriage. So they're not stepping into looking for someone to take care of them where they may have to work a little harder to fit into the relationship. And they're already established themselves as probably experts in something and very competent in life. And so I think hearing the opinions of someone else who is a mom 
and has been mothering for so many years. And she's trying to make that shift to not being the, the mom that's mothering to what? To what is that shift? And, you know, I'm a, I'm a daughter-in-law mm-hmm. and I'm a mother-in-law twice. Right. And they're very interesting dynamics. And I was reading a, an article about this and they said the goal should be respect and not necessarily liking each other, mm. which I think is very interesting because um, we don't get to choose someone else's partner. It's true. And I, you know, I've also gone through this with my mom getting remarried. I think there are some mothers who would uh, probably differ, you know, an opinion (laughs) there. (laughs) I think they have control over that. We don't get to choose another person's partner. (laughs) We do not. And so, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever your child, whoever they fall in love with, Mm -hmm. if you, if you think about respect, you know, you want them to feel welcomed into your home and you want to feel welcomed in their home. And, Maybe you don't get into deeper topics and maybe they don't get to that point, you know, where, where you have more familial type of bonds. Um, but that would be the goal, right? To feel the comfort of everyone feeling safe in the relationship and there being a certain level of respect. I agree. Um, unfortunately, I think that these are, these are concepts that a lot of people are not teaching. Yes. Right. Well, and that's so, why we're talking about it. right. And, and so the family system, the nuclear family has changed significantly over the years. And now the, the nuclear family is, is being redefined because the leading family structure in the United States is the blended family, which takes on whole, a whole, slew of of different factors now mm-hmm. right and dynamics that that families don't know how to handle right in moving forward so a lot of families are finding themselves very isolated and trying to figure this out on their own without really any role modeling i don't even know if trying to figure it out is accurate as much as just reacting just surviving yeah you're yeah. just kind of showing up and you're i mean you don't know what you're doing if you've never gone through it, even if you have, you know, we're different people. Sure. You know, and to bring someone into a a system like a family, uh, it changes everything. All the dynamics change and it's, it's uh, it can be both exciting and wonderful and lovely and challenging. You know, I want to really focus on the, the sons. Okay. Because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, articles that are coming out. There's a lot of speculation and people are talking about why men are so passive in relationships. You know, there's an article written by Robert uh, Talby uh, in Psychology Today specifically about that topic. He just posted it actually just recently. Uh, why so many men are passive in relationships. They may be sexist, afraid of conflict, or just have given up. And that seems to be a very big trend and it's been growing over the years where men are not taking a very active role in their relationships. They're, they're showing up in their relationships with passive responsibility and that kind of focus where active responsibility is stepping up, see, having the insight to see that something needs to get done and stepping up and doing it versus passive responsibility is seeing that things need to get done and 
doing it, but only after someone tells you to do it. So, you know, it's they need permission. They are giving over power and control over to someone, right? And in the case of, you know, a, a, a you know a man who has uh, been raised by his mother, and mother made a lot of the decisions for him. He took a very passive, you know, approach in his growing up and his upbringing. Then now gets married and. Uh, it would make sense that he would take that power and control baton and hand it over to his spouse. It seems like there's two different dynamics. One is maturing from, from being a child and being told what to do and behaving and becoming an adult and taking that responsibility. Mm. And the other thing is the confusion between genders that, you know, if you were socializing a boy 30 years ago, you would be teaching them to, you know, help with the groceries and hold the door open and uh, be considerate of, of a woman in a different way than, than with guys. Right. Right. And then it got to that women's lib movement. It's like, well, I can hold my own door. So how do I know what to do as a man? Yeah. You know, so it's, it's both the, the between the genders and that, that maturing into adulthood, which um, I think is, you know, we, we know this since a lot of uh, the Industrial Revolution where a lot of boys are being raised by women, being raised by their mothers and female teachers. And if the dad's off working, how do they learn how to be a man? And so, so we have the lessening of masculinity in our culture mm -hmm. and the lessening of the male role model. Right. There, there, is, there isn't a replacement for eliminating toxic masculinity. That's a, toxic masculinity is a very big buzzword, you know, buzz phrase right now. Um, ultimately, it just means that you know guys who have that type A personality and who are aggressive and uh, you know chauvinistic, and uh, so we are as a society have said that is a bad thing, which is absolutely true. But there's no replacement for it. There is no. Uh, teaching of a sacred masculinity, a teaching of how what it means to be masculine, to have strength, but not at the expense of someone else, right? And so that internal strength and building up of that internal, you know, confidence—not arrogance, but confidence—and and finding that strength within to show up in your relationship as an equal partner. Right. That does not there. It's not being taught, um, and and it's has it, that it's been a big part absent. of the work that you do with men? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, a, a lot of the men that I work with, majority of them, um, well, first of all, the aggressive, controlling type of guys do not seek uh, self improvement, <laughs> right? So I am not going to see them you know, right. give me a call and, and, and seek my advice. But, um, the guys who I see are the ones who are not happy with who they are. They don't have confidence in who they are as a man. They don't know how to be a man. They don't know how to step up as an equal partner in their relationships because it was never taught either. Their father was absent. Their father was controlling. And so they want to do the opposite of that. Or their 
you know, they had a, a dominating mother, a dominating female presence in their in their upbringing. So it sounds like on both sides, things are making an adjustment. You know, because the, with the women I work with, I'm always trying to get them to dial back and get them to accept help or accept the way another person is doing something, quite frankly. Yeah. You know, and so there's that they 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 have something in them that that they need to be in control. Mm. And that that control piece is it's pounding down on their partner. You know, and so th they're they're doing 85, 90% of the relationship. Did you put a tea kettle on? No, that's our um chicken soup. In the slow oh, cooker. Oh, very nice. I did, <laughs> you guys are hungry in about an hour. I heard that. I didn't know. <laughs> so, so there's, there's a, in both directions like that, you know, the, the girl that was getting married at 18, 19 years old, and she's, you know, more the virginal, innocent type of person is now a career woman with college degree and, Already sure. established. And right. so like, like, how do you show up? Living independently. Right. So how does that translate into being a wife? Well, that's, that's just it, right? Yeah. The role of husband and wives, it has to be redefined right. because mm -hmm. there isn't any static definition for that anymore. And, and so if the pendulum has swung from, you know, one end of the spectrum where, you know, guys are the head of the household and they make decisions and, you know, and the wife is is the supportive role in the Fair family. Pregnant in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> then the pendulum has swung the opposite direction. Right. Now, yeah. now it's utter confusion and role confusion. Right? And and a lot of people are very anxious and sad about it. Yeah. And you know, I think that's an important thing to talk about because our gut works. Your gut works if you are very anxious or very very depressed or sad or lackluster in your life, something is out of balance. Mm. And when you look around and your relationship probably looks like a lot of people, you know, because we see a lot of people with these same dynamics. And so, you know, you go to the neighborhood party and you're all complaining about the same thing, but that's not the way out. You know, the way out is, is to take a look at really what are you feeling? And, you know, if you think your partner is completely incompetent, th that's not your problem. Your partner's problem, <laughs> right? That's you. You're the one. <laughs> you married the person. Right. You chose absolutely. <laughs> right. And or if you don't feel like ever stepping up and being an adult in the relationship, I was going to say if yeah. you think that your partner's controlling and manipulative, who gave them that power and control? Right. Right. Mm -hmm. You you have to look at yourself, and you know when it when it comes to and and I I. You know, talk about men because it's the work that I do. You know, the clients that I work with are, you know, a lot of them are in that boat where they don't know how to step up as as an equal partner and they give that power and control over to their spouse. Now there is a power struggle, right? And in the case where they're coming from an enmeshed uh, single parent home, the power struggle is going to be between, you know, their parent and their spouse, and they are the rope. So if the tug of war is going on, they're the rope, right? And it is not the responsibility of the other parts to figure it out, right? Right. It's the responsibility of, of the guy, 
right? Because he created the situation, albeit he was taught, but he created the situation and it's only, only he can change that situation. You know, and again, we're talking about that type of dynamic, right? The specific type that of one specific, right? marital dynamic. And, you know, that's, that's the individual work we do when we're working with a couple is to find out what is that underlying thing of, um, you know, I, I, for women, I call it dropping the hanky, you know, like being able to be soft and let a guy take care of you somewhat, even though you can uh, bring home the bacon and, you know, you're still this independent, intelligent person in the world. But in, in terms of a relationship, are you able to soften? Are you able to allow your partner to be there for you and take care of you? And if you feel that your partner isn't competent or capable of that, maybe you haven't given him a chance. I was just going to say, if your partner can take care of you by choice, not because you're telling them to, right, and that would be show up. The right? telling would be the wrong part. Ex exactly yeah. <laughs> right. Because I, I think that that's really where a lot of people get things wrong, right? Is that all it does is reinforces the same dynamic that one person is in control right. of the other. Right. Right. Versus, you know, someone understanding what their role is, how to be as a guy, a, a strong provider and protector and stepping up into that role and taking that on, not because he's being told to, but because he wants to. Yeah. If he doesn't show up with confidence, she's not going to believe him anyways. That's that, you know, Gottman's, John Gottman's um, negative sentiment override mm -hmm. that even if he is doing something, if she's not buying it, then she's going to go, well, he's just doing it because he's trying to get on my good side. He's trying to do this. But if he's standing up and saying, this is who I am and this mm -hmm. is how I'm doing things. And her opinion isn't the more important thing about why he's choosing what he's choosing, choosing, then it, it can correct that dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, that's 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 a good point. Yeah, you know, this is a very complex uh, issue, and it is one that's not going away. It's mm -hmm. in fact, it's actually becoming more and more prevalent. I know we were just doing supervision with our staff who had a couple dealing with the same thing, right? Right. So it is. Um, and and I don't think there really is much research, you know, obviously because it's fairly new, there isn't really much much research out there. You know, what's what's very interesting though, there is there was a study that was done. Um, I'm not sure when that was, what year it was. Um what was it about? Oh, okay. So, you know, this the study was done about single parent homes and children that come out of single parent homes and you know, it reinforced the fact that uh, children coming out of single parent homes did fare worse off than, than children coming out of a two parent household. However, this specific study looked at race and the impact of race, uh, specifically African American children coming out of a single parent home. There, there really was a very neg negligible difference. Um, you know, as far as a negative impact, because, you know, what this study had kind of implied is that there is a stronger connection with uh, extended family. So more involvement from the grandfather or uncles or something like that. Right, mm -hmm. right. And 
because of that reason, you know, the child isn't just kind of left dangling out there, you know, by themselves and having to cling to that single parent, right? There is a extended family can, can kind of take the load, um, off of off of that one bond that the child has with their single parent. So in that way it, it kind of balances, you know, these the, the I wonder the too about the level of involvement like if if the family all live together. Like is the the mother and the and the grandson, the, the mother and the son living with the grandparents mm-hmm. in the same home or or in close proximity? And so where where it also gives that opportunity for that. Whereas if you're really out there on your own and isolated from that type of support, that would make a big difference. Well, I know anecdotally we can talk about our experience in working with Indian American families because you know traditionally in an Indian home the the uh, extended family. Well, I, I would say Asian across the board. Not just Indian. For sure. But, yeah. you know, specifically just talking about the Indian, you know, families that yeah. we work with that, you know, traditionally the uh, extended family of parents, they live with their mm-hmm. children, yep. you know, when they get married. But we have seen a lot more struggles within Indian American families, you know, once they come here to the United States. Now it's this struggle with acculturation and having to deal with bringing in American or combining American values, you know, within their family system and also trying to replicate, you know, the old world type of culture. It, it leads to a lot of clashes that we've seen. Yeah. And, you know, we've seen two different dynamics. One is that there's an expectation for the couple to take care of the parents. Right. And That's or traditional. Yep. Right. And or the expectation that they are the hierarchy in the home. The 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 grandparents are the hierarchy and the they have to fall into that system, one of the two. And that's that one I think is where you get a lot of clashes where, you know, we've seen the dynamics where the mother in law is actually cooking a special meal for their adult son mm-hmm. and his wife, who's cooking for the rest of the family. You know, and there's that divide, and and the the family's not learning to gel together, and those are really tricky dynamics. And, and that's not mm-hmm. like intentional, no negative act. You know, towards no. each other. There's no his mom's no doing ill his whole will. Life, you it's know, no, right? There's no ill will. He likes his favorite meal. <laughs> it's it's just that I, I think in comparison to the immediate American culture that's mm-hmm. that they are seeing that's when it really stands out as it's not going to work. It's not going to work here, right? Because there's not a culture wrapped mm-hmm. around it that supports all of the needs that are there. Right, Yeah. right. So it, it then, in, in those cases, a specific case, it leads to more confusion, right? Because how do we shift our role? And, and oftentimes, the, the woman is the breadwinner of the entire house. It, at least equal partnership, but often even making more money than her partner. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. In, in this day and age of needing uh, a two-income household, uh, those standard and static roles can't exist anymore. So what are we replacing that with? Mm-hmm. Right? How are we teaching our kids to meet these new demands for relationships? Right? Because there are, there are new demands now. 
You know, time is one of them. Attention is another. And there are so, so much more in our society today that demands our attention and demands our time. So how are we splitting up this valuable resource that is not increasing? It just is the same. Right. And as human beings, we're going to go the path, the path of least resistance. Mm -hmm. And so if you have a partner who's very judgmental, it's easy to stop doing things and just you're going to get in trouble either way. So why get in trouble after you've done the work? Why not just stop doing it? Well, yeah. Why, why not just don't, right? Right. Don't participate. Mm -hmm. Don't step up because if you don't, then you can't get in trouble. But if you just do what you're told, then you're being compliant, right? right. You're not right. rocking the boat, mm -hmm. except that it creates a power differential with, within the relationship, right? Which will it, it it really weakens the bond between two people and can lead to not good things like deceitfulness and betrayal and all sorts of things especially if you're feeling rebellious right if you feel controlled and at some point you break and you feel that rebelliousness if you don't feel that your partner loves you and respects you and thinks that you're competent right you know right and i think that you know what happens is that um you know, the silent partner, whether it's, I mean, t today we're talking about the silent sons, but, you know, even if there was a silent, uh, uh, you know, wife in the picture as well, that that causes so much problems because it is their responsibility to really step up and be the hub of this change and shift in the roles, right? The redefinition of the roles. It, naturally, when you get married, your role is going to change. resources and time and attention, a majority of it should be to your spouse, right? As you're creating your own family here. But if you don't redefine that, that relationship between you and your parents, then there can be now this, this power struggle. Now there can be this, you know, like I told you what to do your entire life. Why aren't you letting me tell you what to do now? Or why are you allowing your spouse to tell you what to do now? Right. And, and so that is, and, and if all the parts of the system aren't willing to shift and change, you, you got yourself a big, big problem. And most of this stuff is happening really automatically. It's just a pattern that we've fallen into as we move through things and we show up and we're not so aware that one, it could be different. Yeah. And if, <clears throat> If I'm in a place that I don't really see my involvement in it, how do I get that awareness? Mm. And that's what we're talking about today is awareness. We're not really talking about what do you do with that. And what you do with it is um, probably very similar to what you would do if you were out of shape and weak. You got to start working out, you gotta right? Work on it. Yeah. <laughs> got to start working out, working on it. And so, just even that awareness that there is a potential for things to be better mm -hmm. and, and looking at your own self and, and where you feel, you know, I mean, I, I think about my relationship with your mom and initially it was, you know, it was, it was a little tough, you know, mm -hmm. there was that, you know, who's, whose space is who's there. Right? right. Right. And, and I was pretty conscious about acquiescing. Mm as much as I could consciously and by choice with power choose to acquiesce, 
out of respect for her position and everything. And, you know, your mom has been in my life now for 27, 27 years. Twenty-seven years. Yeah. And I think I have a, such a really unique relationship with her because she's biologically not my mother, but she can take care of me and I can take care of her. Mm -hmm. We both have something to offer and it's a great feeling. Yeah. 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 But that takes working at it. Yeah. And unfortunately, you know, what we see is families cutting each other out. Yeah. And, you know, just as part of this bigger cancel culture type of attitude, when we approach something difficult, we just, we just don't touch it. Right. And we see this happening across the board. Yeah. I think there's two really important parts about that. One is you're going to go through stuff and it's going to be uncomfortable. For sure. And if you push through it, there's hope. And the other one is that if you think you're the only one that's right and the other person mm -hmm. is wrong, that is instantly setting up a toxic scenario. And, and no one can win in that situation. If one person thinks they have all the answers yep. and the other one's completely wrong. And, and that is probably the, the most extreme dynamic of this that um, it's just simply not true. And, and, and it's very hurtful. Yeah. Very hurtful. I, I, I would just say, you know, the, the biggest opportunity is, is just being open to having a conversation, yeah. to talking right? Because if you talk enough, then you'll be able to get to a place of understanding, not necessarily agreement. Well, I would say tolerance and respect are really important too. You know, some people you can't talk with. Yeah. Some people that's always going to derail and, and you can show up with respect. You can show up with tolerance. You can minimize some of the contact if, you know, if it, if it's needed, but to run away from it and to, uh, that it's the longevity, you know, it's, it's like baking, you know, it takes time Bake. for stuff to, to meld and to soften and come together and, and to transform and, and become whatever it becomes. And, um, and whatever the recipe is that is being baked is absolutely worth it in the end. If you, if you work at it. Well, you know, we're we're put on this on this planet not to have it easy. No. Right? It's supposed to be challenging and it's supposed to grow. Ultimately, the the most challenging thing that we can run into or deal with are our relationships that we have with people. In the end, really that's all that matters is the relationships that we have. You know, my favorite thing to do is is just ask myself the question, like, what did this person come here to teach me? Ah, Why are I they like in that. my life? I like that question. And it, in my experience, <clears throat> if I've ever left someone in my life because it was uncomfortable, someone else came in that was giving me the same lesson. Yeah. So that's, I, I think it's worth sitting in it and, and moving through it. Yeah, don't be the ostrich putting your head in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we want to thank you all for joining us today on Couple Synergy. Our passion is in helping couples and people have happy and healthy relationships. And this podcast gives us a fun way of bringing our knowledge and expertise to you, our listeners. 
Uh, for all of you listening, please let us know how you enjoyed the show. If you have any questions, comments, or topic suggestions, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. If you'd also like to be considered as guests on our show, please email us at contact at couplesynergy.com. For more information about Couple Synergy and our programs, such as Relationship 101, the Home Study Course, the Next Couples Relationship Enhancement Weekend, and our premier couples coaching program called Couple to Couple, look us up online at couplesynergy.com. And if you know someone who could benefit from this episode, please download it and share it. And thank you for listening. Until next time, synergize your life and synergize your love. You have been listening to Couple Synergy with Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Couple Synergy was recorded, edited, and produced by Dr. Ray and Jean Ketkodian. Voiceover and music entitled Breathe and Let Go was recorded and composed by Gina Gonzalez. Mm-hmm.